This is a Founding Media Podcast, produced at Austin Community College District. Welcome to Science in the Mall, y'all. I'm your host, Dan Dillard. Today, we're getting a little more into the science of it all. We're talking all about antibodies, how they work, and why they're important with Dr. Monica Burundo of Macromultech. Monica is an entrepreneur, scientist, and software engineer. Her and her team are trying to streamline the biopharmaceutical research process in order to make new discoveries quickly and efficiently. So here's one example of science happening in the mall, y'all. Well, uh, Monica Berrundo, thanks for joining us today on our show. This is going to be, I'm looking forward to it, learning all about antibodies and your path and your career path and what drives you. So in reading your backstory, one of the things that I found interesting, because uh, I'm always in- intrigued about the entrepreneurial path or just the passion that every individual has. Mm-hmm. And it appears that back in the day, you were looking at a, an, an issue around antibodies and, and how academia looked at it and versus how it's needed in the, in the in public. Um, and you saw an issue there. You want, you want to explain what you saw back then and, and how that's led you down your path? Sure. So I did. Um, I worked during grad school. I worked with industries companies, mm-hmm. so like big pharma companies, and we were training them on how to use software uh, around building molecular models of their of whatever they were working on. And the software that we were using um, was this really cool software package that can do everything, kind of mm-hmm. a thing. Um, but most of what it did was around really academic. Problems. So think like really basic science, something new, completely new discoveries. Um, whereas industry was focused on this like one little sliver of it, one little area called antibodies. Mm-hmm. Um, so antibodies are a type of protein. And um, focusing on just one protein isn't as interesting as looking at a vast number of different proteins. Right. So uh, the industry was looking at one thing and academia was looking at the other. And I wanted to focus on, well, I want to see how I can get this to push medicine. So how do we focus on what industry needs? And so that's kind of where my idea came from. Very cool. And so your um, studies and what your interest was to begin with was what? Software design or was that as an engineer? What was was your passion as a kid growing up? Um, Sure. So my my passion is programming, software design, Mm -hmm. um, and I did a lot of it. I started out in, in um, undergrad in computer science um, with a chemistry minor and did a lot of internships around programming, and I just hated the application. So I was doing a lot of like web, web development, um, and I thought it was super boring. I didn't really see a point to it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I got really lucky because when I went back after like a, a summer internship, went back to school and um, was talking to like an advisor I had, he said, well, if you're really interested in like medicine and stuff, there's this really cool field called molecular simulations. You should look into that. It's using computers to see how proteins move mm-hmm. or, or proteins or other molecules move. Um, so look into that. And I, you know, absolutely fell in love and then switched everything into that direction. Very, very cool. And then again, going now fast forwarding to you saw that you identified this issue where there was a discrepancy between what academia was and what industry needed. And what did that lead you to do? Right. So uh, after like kind of thinking about what are the applications that would be more closely aligned with what industry needed. So like pharma companies, biotech companies. Um, I decided that really the focus. So most companies, when they're developing a new drug that's a that's a protein, it's going to be an antibody. So we needed some sort of a software that could 
address antibodies specifically Mm -hmm. and not think about them as a type of protein, but really think about them as their own class of proteins and build everything around that. And so I started a company to address that. We were chatting a little bit ago about the differences between antibodies and other types of proteins. Mm -hmm. You want to just kind of briefly touch touch on that for the audience uh, for their perspective sure so your your body has a bunch of different proteins uh, mm-hmm. they're involved in different pr- pathways so like cancer when something goes wrong you either make too many of a protein um, or your protein has a mutation and then that causes a disease and then also when you get infected by some sort of a a virus or bacteria, they have proteins on the surface of them. And what your body does to fight these things off is produces antibodies. So Mm -hmm. an antibody is a type of protein, but its main function is to fight off disease. And so uh, antibodies are really important. And the pharma industry discovered this, you know, 10 or probably more like 30 years ago and decided, oh, what if we built antibodies very specifically so that we can fight these things off faster? So it doesn't have to depend on your body to recognize it, produce antibodies, et cetera. You get a disease and immediately they give you an antibody and that fights it off for you. So it's almost like speeding up evolution. So instead of waiting for your body (laughs) to like make (laughs) it sound, it's like, let's not wait. Let's just design this. Exactly. And so the software helps with that simulation of what right yeah well so so what we do is design completely new ones so right now the way you get an antibody Mm -hmm. is you take some some sort of a a mammal normally it's a mouse Mm -hmm. you make that mouse sick you wait for that mouse to produce its own antibodies Mm -hmm. and then you take those antibodies you have to screen them and like make sure you have the right ones then you have to fix them so that you can inject them because they're now mouse antibodies you need human antibodies Mm -hmm. so you take the mouse antibody turn it into a human antibody, and then that's your drug. Um, And so what we do is take that whole timeline of like all the mouse stuff and the screening and the fixing them, and we do that computationally. So we design an antibody that's going to be very specific to whatever the disease is you're targeting. All on the computer. All All on on the the software. Exactly. That's so interesting. I I can see why you're like, software, web design (laughs) is boring, but doing this stuff is really, really cool. Right. So um, you were saying that 90% of... Antibodies are the same. Right. So antibodies, you know, for the most part, look the same. So they mm-hmm. have this Y shape. Mm-hmm. Um, and think of it as like your hands are the tops of the Ys. Mm-hmm. Um, both of your hands are the same. Yeah. Um, so you have two places to stick to something. So right. essentially two ways to grab onto something mm-hmm. with your hands. Um, and it's only your fingers that change. The okay. rest of it looks the same okay. for the most part. I mean, wow. It's like 90%, 99% the same. And then it's only the fingers that are different for each one. And those fingers are what allows it to stick to completely different proteins and different diseases. That's really cool. I mean, it's just, just your description of the hands and the fingers, and <laughs> that makes it easier for us to understand. So my next question is around entrepreneurism. So you, you identified an issue. Mm-hmm. And then you said, okay, well, um, th- there's a software is not built for this. We need to build a software. So then you started designing it. What was that entrepreneurial path like? Sure. So I think ever since I was, I don't know, really young, I, I knew I wanted to start a company. I didn't have any idea what. Okay. Obviously, I hadn't figured out it was going to be in in molecular simulations at all. I knew I liked medicine, didn't want to be a doctor, but I was like, one day I'm going to have a company. Mm-hmm. Um, so I kind of always had that in the back of my mind. Okay. And so, I, you know, as I was doing these trainings for software, I was like, well, this would be a really cool thing to start a company around. Mm-hmm. I always had the intention of, you know, going, working for a pharma company for a while, learning everything. But I was like, but the problem is here now. Yeah. What better time to start it than right now? Mm-hmm. 
Having no idea what I was getting myself into, though. <laughs> Welcome to Entrepreneurs in 101. Right. <laughs> I don't think most entrepreneurs know what they're getting into. Right. But, but there's a there's a and maybe you can identify this with the work that you do. But I believe there's some sort of internal mechanism in entrepreneurs that see the world differently. Mm -hmm. They're problem solvers, and they're like, "Here's a problem that needs to be solved," and I'm going to just jump in and do it versus right. waiting for others to do it, which yeah, is exactly. super. Like every entrepreneur that we've ever interviewed, I'm just fascinated by that calling. It's a calling and then nothing stops you. You're just like, okay, I'm just going to go do it. So that's really cool. Right. Um, in your uh, – let's talk about some of the, the challenges you face. So there's one thing to be like, yeah, this is a problem. Let's, let's, mm -hmm. let's fix it. But then what was that like? What was that process like? Yeah. Well, I think a big part of it is I was very young. Mm -hmm. So being taken seriously, I was working with pharma companies, right? Mm -hmm. So these are these, you know, huge companies that are used to working, you know, with bankers and whatever and just being taken seriously. Yeah. And, and then also like having being able to combine that academic record with learning these, these new business side of things. Mm -hmm. um, so that was really a challenge was getting to that point uh, to where I could be taken seriously. Mm -hmm. And then also proof points. So simulations in pharma are really far behind. Mm -hmm. People just don't trust it. And so getting to the point where we had enough data points to show that there is something here and we're not just making things up mm -hmm. really took a long time. Well, that, yeah, I, 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 could, I could see that. One of the things that as I'm listening to your story um, that I think is very brave is you just talked about it's just it's almost like a David and Goliath. It's like I'm this one, you know, individual. <laughs> I'm going to go change the world with this process. Um, so my my question is, what are some of the things that helped along the way? As you know, um, yeah, ACC's got this incubator around sciences. Was that something that was able to help you, or what are some of the things that were most important for you? Well, I'll answer that. Two ways. So ICC has been really helpful, but I think by that by the time we joined the incubator, we mm -hmm. were pretty far along. Got it. So okay. we'd already kind of gotten over those hurdles. Okay, in the shores. Um, but I think a lot of it just comes from the industry changing the way they look at things. Mm -hmm. So pharma companies have slowly moved to relying on other companies and looking for who's doing innovation, understanding that they might not be able to keep up as quickly. So I think it really is that the industry started to turn in that direction that made a difference. And then also having like, you know, keeping in touch with people as they moved into those companies and keeping a close contact on those relationships. And it's really been a lot of relationship building that's gotten us to where we are. Life is all about relationships, I found. <laughs> right. Um, what's fascinating to me, and, and, and part of the reason for us doing this podcast, Science of the Mall, y'all, is to understand that it is accessible um, by the, the kind of tools and equipment that are ready for anyone today to have an idea, as your idea was, and then say, oh, I don't have to go spend millions of dollars on all this equipment. Right. I can go get started right away. I think it's really important for the audience to understand that uh, imagination. Sometimes we imagine, you know, we have an imagination of one thing and it's completely different. So my imagination, for example, with pharma companies is this beyond, you've got to, you know, do, do all your work within that pharma company. You discover something and it's all behind closed doors. But what you're saying is the reality is it's not like that anymore. Right. Now they're looking for innovation outside. Now they're welcoming innovation. So they've opened up those doors. But at, what, at one point could have been that. It's no longer that way. So it's much more accessible. 
Right. Yeah. It's much more accessible. And then things like incubators have really helped to take off that burden. Like you said, these equipment that's so expensive, making it accessible to the small company who has very little funding instead of having to go out and get like, you know, $10 million pieces of equipment. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's shared resources between a lot of different companies. And we get to take advantage of that, use that equipment, right. see what actually works for us before going out and having to put that upfront funding ourselves. Well, and that speeds up process because now you can focus on the work. Right. You can focus on the design and knowing that I don't have to go raise the money and take you know a year to raise the money to build the equipment. and Because mm-hmm. that's an, an entire different process. Trust me, I've raised money before and it's not fun. <laughs> when you And it, it is what you could consider slows you down because you're like, I'm going to spend a year raising money and then move on to the next thing. So I think that the tools available to you now are, are just so much different than they were 10 years ago. Right. And you can get to things quicker, which is the name of the game. Um, I also read that your mom joined you in your business. Can you tell me how that came about? Yeah, sure. So around the time I was starting this, like I said, I was like, oh, I have this idea. I want to build it. I was like, okay, I'm going to build this software package. But no, I love software, but in the end, I ended up not stud- studying computer science. Mm-hmm. So I knew how to build academic software. I didn't know how to build this big, huge package that was supposed to be usable by lots of different people. Mm-hmm. Um, and my mom was retiring from um, working in the software industry. Okay. So she had, was a computer well, she was a software developer for a financial services company okay. um, responsible for taking microfishes and converting them into online wow. banking. So wow. you can thank her for online banking. Wow. <laughs> and so she had been working in software for a really long time, mm-hmm. was retiring and wanted to do like some consulting projects. So yeah. I was like, well, help me. I have this idea. Um, I have like a baby of a project going and I know it's going to get big and I don't want it to get big and unusable. So how do you help me build this into something that, you know, very tested, has, you know, a lot of rigor around making sure that mm-hmm. if you if one person runs it and another person runs it, you get the same results, right? right? Doesn't break down. Exactly. Right. So software sounds like right in the family. Right. Anybody else in software in the family or just you? And your nope, mom? just the two of us. <laughs> but she was the one who taught me how to program so yeah. I can, you know, it's a really great story of that she taught me how to program and 20 years later I taught her biology so we could build this company together. Wow, that's awesome. C- can you share some of the your favorite successes along the way? I mean, how long has this company been around? We've been around almost 10 years. Okay. Um, we did, like I said, a lot of uh, that structure prediction mm-hmm. stuff. So building out how uh, you can take a sequence of a protein and turn it into something you can look at. Mm -hmm. So we did consulting projects for a long time while we were building out kind of that initial package. And then we slowly started getting into being able to design new things. So first we would take antibodies that a company had developed. They would give them to us and would suggest changes. So how can you – so like I said, there's that process of taking a mouse antibody Mm -hmm. and making it a human Mm -hmm. antibody. So we could do that computationally. So we showed that we could do that very – Systematic. Right, exactly. And once we got to there, we're like, well, you know, if we can predict these things, what more can we predict? Mm -hmm. And we slowly started to move more towards design. So about three years ago was around when we – had that breakthrough of, look, we can design new things. And that's a completely different idea from where we started. Can you explain the difference between design new things and improve things? Improve things. things. Right. Yeah. I mean, what is, it sounds easy when you say it, but I'm just wondering <laughs> the differences. Sure. So it changes the timeline. Mm-hmm. Um, that mouse part can kind of go away 
Um, that's normally about nine months. So instead of starting nine months later computationally and mm -hmm. taking that and fixing it, you start at the very beginning computationally. Um, and then you can do things like not have to change from a mouse antibody to a human antibody. We can build it so that it's a human antibody from the start. Mm. Um, and then there are a lot of problems that can arise. So something when your body makes antibodies – those antibodies only have to be in your body for a very short period of time. Mm -hmm. But when you're making a medicine, you have to be able to put it into a vial, right? Mm -hmm. And be shelf stable for a long time before you inject it or make it into a pill or whatever you're going to do with that antibody. Mm -hmm. And so there's a very big difference between the antibodies animals produce and mm -hmm. an antibody as a drug. Yeah. And so if you can address those really early on, there's a lot less work to getting it to be a, a drug or getting it through clinical trials. A lot less time, I would imagine, too. Sounds like it speeds things up. Right. I think it's fascinating um, growing up, you know, small farm town I grew up in, you just never imagine that you can actually change things within the body. You right. think about <laughs> software as like, oh, yeah, you can just do programming, but you're used to that. But very much the things in the body also are a type of programming is what I'm gathering from. Mm -hmm. So from the, from the very beginning, it's like I can design as a program and then it's, it simulates everything. And then that's what it should do in real life is what right. I'm hearing. Very cool. What, um, so back to the, the question, was, is there any projects that you're particularly like, I'm, hmm. I was involved in this or I was involved in that that I'm really proud of that you could share with the audience or just is it still too kind of behind the scenes? Yeah, I think they're still too, too early. Um, <laughs> okay. I mean, I think we have a lot of really exciting things. Like we have projects in a number of different diseases, some that we're working on ourselves, some mm -hmm. that we're working on with companies. So we've now gotten to the point where – we have, you know, about a handful of small biotechs that we're helping to get their products to market. Mm -hmm. And then we have a number of large pharma companies where, you know, they come to us and say, this is the disease we're interested in, um, design some stuff for us, and then we'll develop it. And so we're really excited about some of those things, but unfortunately can't say much no, more. <laughs> I, I understand that. What, what, are, what are your goals over the next five, ten years? Like, What are you trying to, you know, personally as a business, and then what do you want to see the industry do? Right. Well, personally, the reason I started this was to make sure that mo more companies could use computational tools. So my big goal with the company is to be able to make it easy enough and effective enough that most of pharma can use computational tools to get further, right? Mm -hmm. So really reduce a lot of that upfront work that's being done in ways that are less effective um, and show that it works across bunch of different diseases right. um, so form these partnerships with uh, as many companies as we can okay. and then as far as business wise i think i mean it, i just want to see these drugs get to market right mm -hmm. so showing that um that these are effective ways of building new drugs new antibodies and see that they really shorten the timeline get get medicine into hands more quickly and also be able to spread it over more people. So one of the things that always shocked me is like how expensive it is to get a drug to mm -hmm. market and how much money it takes to get there. I, I read somewhere it's like a billion dollars because it's, I was talking to another scientist on one of our other programs and they, it's, it's almost like doing a record. You got to go try four different, four right. different uh, uh, trials and it's, everyone's like $200 million and the fifth one will work. So it's like a <laughs> billion dollars to put a medicine out there. So right. yeah, it's super expensive. Go, go ahead. Right. Well, and, and that's why medicine is so expensive. So like, you know, when I 
first started this, before I knew exactly everything that went into it, I was like, well, if you can make it cheap, you know, if you can cut that timeline and that cost down into, you know, a quarter of it, it should be super cheap for to get a drug into more hands, right? Yeah. So make sure more people have access to drugs mm-hmm. and everything. Um, I think there's a lot more that goes into that. Maybe that was a little too optimistic, yeah. but anything that you can do to shorten that timeline really has a huge impact. On costs. Yeah. yeah. So ultimately, yes, the, the work that you're doing is going to reduce those costs, which, right. is, which is really important. Is there, um, I have a question around, you know, you have the simulation. How do you make sure that, that this new product that you're building uh, works the way it does and doesn't have long-term side effects or hurts the human? Right. Yeah. So that's where ABI comes in. Okay. So the incubator is where we go and test all these antibodies. So okay. initially we'll build, you know, this simulation of an antibody, take that antibody, that, that, so that gives us a sequence, mm-hmm. and we can use bacteria to produce that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we test those in, in our lab. We get an idea of does it work or not. So we're just looking at does it do what we think it does. That's called in vitro work. And then once you have an antibody that, you know, seems to be working, uh, you go through animal testing. Good. So the first first step of animal testing is just that, make sure it's safe. So right. they have these mice that have a human immune system. Mm-hmm. So they're called humanized mice. Okay. And you can test, ani- well, antibodies or whatever other drug in that mouse and have a pretty good idea that it will be safe for a human. So that's like the first thing is just looking at toxicity in in mice, Mm -hmm. then making sure it's actually targeting whatever the disease Mm -hmm. is. So a sick mouse, does it get better? Mm -hmm. Um, And then I think there are other animals you tested in before you finally get to human clinical trials. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot of testing that goes into the product to make sure that it's going to be safe for humans. Where do you see medicine in the next 20 years? It's a good question. <laughs> I mean, I think a lot of um, these things that can help speed up would be helpful towards personalized medicine. Mm-hmm. So everybody's body is different. Everybody's diseases are different. Um, you can have the same cancer in 10 different people, and it'll be for 10 different reasons. Oh, wow. And so right now we can build these drugs that are kind of broad and effective. Mm-hmm can work on those 10 different diseases, but uh, but that leads to side effects like maybe it's – or to a difference in how much of the drug you have to give different, right. different people. people, right? And so if you could tailor that a little bit better so you have like – you know exactly why this person has this disease and what's different about theirs, right. you can – approach that differently than for another person. That's really interesting. I think that's kind of like the first step towards personalized medicine is to be able to address those differently. Are you a sci-fi fan? (laughs) I've watched a fair amount. (laughs) Because what you're describing to me reminds me of sci-fi. You know, these 20 years in the future, 30 years in the future where you have these machines that come diagnose you and figure out what it is you need individually and then inject you with Either the antibodies or whatever it is to, <laughs> right. to, to heal. So, I, I mean, I th- it sounds like we're going in that direction. Sure. It's just, you know, we're taking baby steps to make that happen. That's exactly. just how that works. <laughs> well, thank you so much for being on the show. I really um, learned so much. And it's just so nice to take a peek into someone's, like, interest, their passion, their um, 
essentially their path, what they've been able to accomplish and where they see the future going because it helps the rest of the audience kind of understand the same thing. And, and th I'm, I'm sure there's people out there that are like wondering, how do I get into doing what you've done? And so sharing these stories is super important. So I thank you so much for being on the show. Yeah, no, thank you very much for having me. Thanks. Thank you again, Monica, for teaching us all a bit more about your industry and how it's changing. To learn more about Macromultic and the Austin Community College's Bioscience Incubator, please visit the links in our show notes. Science in the Mall, y'all, is created in partnership between Foundry Media and the ACC Bioscience Incubator. Mm -hmm.